Speaker Live Show, episode 62 for June 22nd, 2016. Welcome. Thank you for listening to the Speaker Live Show. I'm Rob Greenlee, uh, head of content at Speaker, and also runs the Adore FM podcasting network. Uh, Our main topic this week is how to pick a show series and show title, um, and also picking and s- basing that title on on a selection of a show topic as well. So we're, we're going to talk about that. And then our tip of the week is creating compelling podcast content and how to how to go about doing that. I don't know, we have some great tips from uh, a radio consultant, uh, and her name is Valerie Geller. So definitely keep listening for, for that, and we'll give you some, some great tips on how to be a compelling show host and maintain the attention of your audience. So joining me again is Mr. Alex Exum, and thank you for, for joining us again, Alex. Thanks for coming on the show. Sure, you got it, Rob. Thanks for having me. What's the best way for listeners to connect with you? I know I can be reached at rob at com if you have a question or comment about the show. Uh, you can get me at alex at alexxm.com or I'm active on Twitter and that's uh, twitter.com slash alexxm as well. This show is something that we do every week and it's an official Spreaker show to uh, help you become a better podcaster and to help grow and build an audience. And we also discuss Spreaker tools and to help you understand how to use them and get the most out of them, we stream this uh, show live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. And it can be heard in the Spreaker podcast radio app for Android and iOS and in iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and RadioLine.com. If you want to go check that out, please leave us a review and a comment back there. We definitely want to hear from you. And send us an email. I can be reached on Twitter as well as on my, my email address, rob at Spreaker.com. And Spreaker also has a Twitter account, at Spreaker, and that's with an R. Our website is uh, Spreaker.com, and we have a blog, blog.spreaker.com as well. We have some terrific articles in there and topics about what's happening with Spreaker and just kind of you know some conversations with some podcasting and um, online radio experts. Uh, the most recent one is uh, what gets an app featured in the Google Play Music Store or the Google Play App Store uh, from one of our mobile developers um, who's based out of Spain. Um, he gives his uh, tips since he's recently been a featured app developer for Google Play and our, our app, our our speaker app. And then we did a, a Q&A with a NPR executive in there, too, uh, who, who's going to be a speaker at Podcast Movement that's coming up here. So go check that out. Kind of give a little insight of what's happening with NPR podcasts. And then also how to sync Skype with Spreaker Studio for Desktop, which is exactly what we're using to produce this show right now. So, Alex, let's jump in and uh, talk a little bit about our tip of the week, uh, creating compelling podcast content. And this is this comes directly from a well-respected uh, radio consultant, and her name is Valerie Geller. And she shared this uh, th- this little tip list um, at a, um, a fairly recent uh, seminar that she put on that I attended. And I took, took some notes down as kind of highlights to help drive some more value. And I know, Alex, you've uh, read Valerie's book. And so yeah. what do you think about her feedback? 
And, I love her book. Yeah. I mean, it's considered yep. the Bible in radio. And actually, I mean, I think for podcasters as well, it's called Beyond Powerful Radio. It's a pricey book. It's around $40 for the ebook version and the print version could be a little bit more, but you can actually rent it on Amazon if you just want to try it out. Um, but I recommend buying it because it's like kind of a great reference for anyone who's doing podcasting or uh, wants to get into radio. Let's run through some of the highlights to help you kind of get a glimpse on the direction that she is trying to take kind of producers. She's out there doing consulting work for radio stations and, and radio talent to help, uh, and also podcasters now too. So trying to drive um, audiences to these shows and having talent actually know how to create content. And the biggest one is when you refer to your audience, you refer to them as an individual, as a, as a person. And you know, that podcast listener has their, their earphones and their ears and it couldn't be any more personal. So when you talk to them, talk to them like they're, uh, they're, you're talking to one person. And I think it's very important to, to use the term you and, and singular terms and, and very personal r- references like you're speaking to that person and not speaking to a group of people or an audience or, you know, I mean, a lot of major uh, news broadcast anchors on television and stuff, they tend to even use, you know, these, these references to how big their audience is. And it's kind of a, a braggy thing, right? And podcasting is very personal. What's your experience with this, Alex? I mean, are you... Do you speak that way to your audience and is it difficult to do all the time? I do after reading her book and that's something I had to change. I think we all do that instinctually. We want to call our listeners, our listeners or our audience or folks. That's what I'm, I'm really guilty of using. Hey folks, you know, or, you know, when I'm, you know, speaking to, sometimes I'll say, you know, when I'm trying to, you know, talk to you, my audience, that's another thing I'll do. I'll actually say you and then flip it and ruin it by saying my audience. So yeah, I think talking one-on-one is a huge bonus because it makes the person obviously feel like you're having a personal conversation in a coffee shop or, you know, right across from a friend. And Valerie, she really talks about that constantly throughout her book. And also think about what's in it for the listener. And I, all these things kind of uh, ride along with each other, right? When you're speaking to an individual, uh, you're going to be thinking a little bit more about what's what's a value to that person that's listening to you. So when you're, you know, when I'm talking to a person at a coffee shop or whatever, I'm going to speak to the things that the topics are that are interest to each one of us. And that's kind of what you have to do here um, is think about the authenticity of what you're talking about. What's the organic flow of it? Um, and try and do it as much as realistic. I mean, it's not always possible to be totally authentic and and open and and say everything you know honestly or the truth. I mean, you do have to kind of say things in the most authentic way as you can. And I think that's it, it's a del- a lot of these things are delicate lines to to walk. But you also have to. Um, think about the the listener's emotions. I mean, what's going to drive swings in that listener's emotion too? It can be positive or negative. And sometimes, I mean, I've talked to a lot of radio show hosts and I've experienced this myself where sometimes a good emotion and a bad emotion leads to people listening. I don't know. What do you think about that, Alex? Yeah, well, I I think controversy sells. And that's one thing that um, I always talk about on my show, you know, dealing. We've talked about the low low power FM that I've been kind of consulting with, I guess you would say. And we talk about that all the time, like not having just the general 
and not that there's anything wrong with it, but the NPR very, you know, soft type talk, or do you want something a little more edgy, you know, what's yeah. going to get the listeners in? It doesn't have to be completely so far as Howard Stern, but, you know, maybe something a little edgy that's going to cause a little bit of a ruckus. So I, I think if you can make it um, a little controversial, but still, uh, you know, not uh, completely offensive, I think you've struck a pretty good balance. To take it back to being being authentic and, and driving emotion, I mean, what are the key buttons with people around their emotions? People remember things when there's an emotional component to them. And, and key things that are important to human beings are your health, your heart, which is emotions, and money, right? So, I mean, not every topic is going to have all those things in it. But if you think about it from the standpoint of, you know, what – what is important, right? What's where's the value? And because your emotions are typically linked to your health, your heart, and your money, right? So that that's and, why and if it's important to you. I think it comes through, even if it's yeah. you know something maybe that not everybody you know takes as a big concern. I'll give you an example. There there was a show I heard about um, chemtrails, and you know you, you say okay, chemtrails is this a conspiracy theory? Or anything? Then you hear some of the evidence that people are talking about. You're like, wait a second, should I be worried about this? I'm breathing this air too. So yeah, I mean you know it's not something that maybe everybody is going to you know, gravitate towards. But when you hear someone who's really convincing and passionate about it, uh, it, it can sway you no matter, no matter what the topic is. So, Yeah, exactly. And, and um, what you think and why you think it is also important too. So you need to explain and be authentic and use that as an opportunity to tell a story behind um, why you think that. You know, but that story needs to be thrilling, exciting, uh, and fun, kind of like uh, – catnip right it, it needs to have a some some pizzazz to it and and using that term catnip is a is a great term to describe kind of an emotional connection that people have with their cats right i mean you know you give catnip to a cat and they're rolling around on the floor having a good time and stuff like that it's it's not like you're going to have your podcast listener rolling around on the floor listening to your show but it would be a good goal to have right if they're on the floor laughing <laughs> never know your show is so funny, but also tease to capture and hold attention too. And it's okay to have some pauses, right? So when you're speaking, not every second of your audio has to be filled with a word. Maybe there's something that you say that's impactful that you just kind of say and then pause a little bit and, and let that listener think a little bit. And, you know, is that a technique that that you use, Alex? The pregnant pause. Yeah, I, I use it to emph emphasize things. That's what we call it in, uh, in the theater world. But yeah, I mean, a well-placed pause or just, you know, deafening silence, as I like to say, helps because you can't just ramble on all the time. Droning on and on, it sounds like you are trying to fill airtime, you know, yeah. if it just, if it sounds unnatural, so. Well, and a lot of audio editors will go in and remove pauses they'll actually you know silence they'll actually pull it out so everything is compressed and they think that it's saving the listener time which which it is but it's also hard for a human mind to keep up with just constant talk as well they you know there needs to be a little bit of a break there and does your story impact the the listener i mean is is that listener going to have a positive or negative reaction to to your story uh, it needs to have an impact. It needs to hit some sort of a base of of importance. And paint the picture 
it's kind of a visual picture, but painted in verbal language to help that that listener um, visualize what you're trying to say and make them care. It, making a listener care is hard to do all the time, but it's it, it's it's really important. Um, I mean, a lot of these things take really a lot of practice and and working on it and technique and things like that, and that's what really separates a really good podcast or radio show host is the ability to do these what it seems to be simple things but they're very complicated emotional and communication techniques yeah and you know for anybody who's wondering about some of those techniques go to valerie geller's book i I don't want to be like a salesperson for her book here but i can't recommend it enough it's 500 pages chock full of this kind of information so and each chapter kind of guides you along different um you know, aspects of producing radio. Some of it's radio production. Some of it's taking calls, having a call screener. Some of it's trying to visualize, sh- you know, your show and using, you know, uh, your uh, your mind to paint, you know, uh, pictures. You know, theater of the mind. I think is the way she puts it. So, yeah, I, I think you know she's got some great tips on there, and I, we we don't have time to go through it all. I mean, it's a five hundred page book, but. I'd, I'd love to see her live. I know you got some of these tips from seeing her actual live uh, performance, let's say, because she's a performer as well, right? I'm sure it was a performance doing this kind of a conference. Yeah, well, and I'm going to try and get, get her on as a guest on my uh, on an episode of the Speaker Live show that I'm going to be doing down in uh, that podcast movement. Nice. So she's on as one of the panels w- with me on a panel that I'm doing down there. We're actually we're doing a critique of a couple of podcasts down there. So she's on the panel with, with me and we're, we're going to talk through, you know, what these shows could be doing a little differently from a content perspective and how they're presenting and those type of things. And, and I'm sure she's going to provide a lot of really um, critical feedback. <laughs> right. To, yeah. To, but constructive, right. Um, on, she on seems very that, nice. I, yeah. I don't yeah. think she'll tear so anyone up too much, but no, no, no. And, and that's not what she does. She just says, you know, these are the best ways to do things. Now, granted, some of these things are really kind of uh, subjective in how sure. you go about it. And I mean, it's it's content. I mean, it's not it's uh, human communications, and it's always complex. But um, well, let's let's move on and dive into um, our how to pick a show title, uh, and and also the the last part of the show will be. Um, you know, how important is a genre topic and, and what things do you need to think about? So as far as picking a show uh, name or a show title, uh, and I'm talking about the episode titles, and that, that's a whole other thing to consider here. But there, there's kind of similar properties between an episode and a series title. But um, the most important one to me and in, in my experience with this is to create a list of keywords that um, describe your show topic that you want to do. So maybe you don't really know exactly what you want to do with your show and what your topic is, but um, get a kind of like an orientation based on some important keywords that um, a listener might potentially look for. So let's say you're doing a show on podcasting, like the Speaker Live show. Make a list of keywords that are important um, to a listener in finding your show. Uh, as a good place to start, you know, one of the popular uh, podcast topic shows is a show called Podcast Answer Man. So if you think about that, those are those are two words that describe pretty effectively um, what your show's about, um, what the audience is going to get out of it, and it's short and sweet. It's only two two words. 
and we'll talk about that a little, little bit more, but um, trying to come up with a keyword list and combine them in different ways. I mean, Alex, have you been through this process? Do you yeah. agree? Yeah, and I, I think that there's some helpful tools online. So you can use um, Google has a tool where you can actually put in, let's say, podcast, for example, and it'll show you what other people are searching for. It might be like, you know, podcast, I don't know, hosting or podcast about sports or podcasts about podcasts. But it'll give you a idea of what people are searching for. So you might want to use some of those keywords, you know, and in yeah. your title. Um, and you know, sometimes it's tough. I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I had a hard time struggling with my title. Um, it, it actually was given to me by a friend. He came up with it, but other people I know will try and come up with a title and they'll find that someone already has something very similar or yeah. the exact same name. So I would suggest, especially if, you know, you're going to start a website and get a domain and, you know, really put a lot of effort into it. Make sure the domain's available before you settle yeah. on a name because that could be an issue. I mean, someone might already have it locked down yeah. and that, you know, it's going to be hard for you to get found in the, the search engines. So. Yeah. And then also keep it as short as possible, too. I mean, there's really two ways yeah. you can go about it. I mean, you can create a show that's very topic specific or very niche uh, specific and use those keywords to kind of drive that, that, that message. And it will help you in the search areas. But also it's important to have a short title too for your artwork, your your kind of like your cover art for your program as well. Have that be big and bold in, in your show artwork and have it colorful. So a lot of these things kind of uh, ride in tandem with, you know, with, with each other. And to give you an example, like the Spreaker Live Show name is the name of this show. I wanted to highlight Spreaker as it's the official podcast about Spreaker, but also wanted to highlight the, the live capabilities of the platform as a differentiator and to create a you know, more of an event type of experience. And I used the term show as it uh, was really more of a live streaming show or a streaming show and not just a downloadable podcast. So you, you kind of have to think about how you're distributing your show. and Maybe it's appropriate to use the term podcast in your show title, but maybe just using the term show is more appropriate depending on how you're distributing it. Um, because if it's a download, if it's primarily being distributed as just a download file, um, then maybe using the term podcast is okay. But But I also think... Just generally, I think that the, the industry is moving towards um, creating shows, not podcasts. So because a lot of these shows are being distributed on YouTube and other platforms that are not considered to be podcast platforms. And one quick tip, if you have a name that is unique or you actually have a, a blog or a, I don't know, a following on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube, using your name in the show uh, might help. I mean, a lot of people just use, for example, the Rob, Rob Greenlee show or the Alex Exum show. I mean, something yeah. like that could be could be used as well. So well, a lot of people end up going to that anyway, right? They start other shows and then they, they kind of, I've seen this happen where people will have a show that they've co-hosted and then all of a sudden they go on their own and they kind of name it after themselves. So Yeah. Well, and I think it depends on how much of an expert you're, you're considered to be in your niche genre. Um, are you somewhat of True. a small or large celebrity? I think that the, whatever you put in your title needs to catch the audience as something that's of interest to them. And if you have a, a name that's been branded out there, has a good social following, that, that people will, will connect with that name because of your experience and your reputation in a particular genre area, I think it's, it's appropriate to, to use it there. 
but I think you have to walk that line. I think you can also combine it like like what I use for this show. I use the Speaker Live show with Rob Greenley, and that basically um, says what the show is about, but it also communicates who the host of the show is, and that that can be important in certain situations. So you just have to gauge that. But you also need to be considerate of um, naming your show something that's not going to infringe on a name trademark or trade name or or a brand. Many TV show podcasts will will use the name of the TV show in there, or they'll they'll use some derivative of it. So it's being done out there uh, using trade names and and brands in in the title of the podcast. But just just keep in mind that depending on what it is, you may get called out on that, and you may be forced to change the name of your show. So you you just need to keep that in mind with whatever you're doing. Have you had any experience with that kind of stuff? Alex, uh, I haven't had any issues with that um, personally because I, you know, my, my my name is pretty unique, so I haven't. But yeah, I would be I, I would be leery about that because I've had copyright issues with some of my YouTube videos. So yeah, just take a visit to iTunes or any of the podcast apps out there and and just look up uh, your genre of show that you're um, shooting towards and look at their show titles and you know you don't want to duplicate them, but you know, I think that the trend right now is to use one, two, maybe three word show titles. The NPR folks are using, you know, like Code Switch and Serial. And there's other shows that are out there that are using three words like the At Midnight podcast, you know, with Chris Hardwick. Um, so you can kind of see the the spectrum. And then there's other shows that are like the Speaker Live show that use a, a person's name in the title. So you just have to decide what's what's appropriate for you and what you're trying to accomplish based on your situation. So, you know, but short is always better. And yeah, I, yeah. I shouldn't say always better, but oftentimes it's better. I agree. You agree? I agree. Yeah, I don't like, With I mean, I've seen, well, I've seen people who have like even on the, um, the placeholder or the album cover, you, you know, you would say of the podcast where there's a title and then they've got even like a long description of the show that you can barely even read. And it's yeah. just, it's just kind of, it's just too much information for me. Just if, well, I, if I can't read the title and figure it out in two seconds, I'm gone. Yeah. I mean, if you put too much text on your, your cover art, it's not readable. I mean, your, your cover art is going to be sized pretty small in a lot of these listening apps and it just won't be readable. So anything you put in a, on your cover art needs to be bold and, and large. And that's, that's why these short titled podcasts, which are also, it's also being done in the movies and TV show, you know, areas, media now too, they're, they're more and more using one or two words in their titles of the content. Um, just cause it's easier to communicate and can be used in a lot more places in a bolder way. So. Well, like cereal, for example, it doesn't, you know, it's just kind of cereal and we all kind of get it. It's very popular. So it kind of speaks for itself, but it doesn't say like, you know, you know, the weekly podcast about this and this month's topic is, you know, yeah. it doesn't. So, anyway. well, you know, and a lot of these titles can are so vague, but they're, but they're also being done that way so they can cover a lot of different topics on purpose. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's a little bit of danger in that. I mean, I think if you have a lot of radio exposure, I mean, Serial is an example of a of a show that got a big boost from This American Life, and but the actual title of the show I don't know really helps the the marketing of the show that much. I think that the marketing has to happen around that show, not by the name of the show. 
where where most podcasters they have to really rely on the keywords of the show to to, to market the show. Uh, right, it, unless you have a name for yourself, and and that's what Serial. Yep. I mean, Serial's a highly produced show. I mean, they've got a whole team working behind it, and most of us don't. So yeah, you're yeah. kind of you're swimming upstream if you yeah. name it. You know, something obscure. The, the At Midnight podcast is a podcast right. that's done by the same guy that hosts the TV show. You know, so you have a little bit of a uh, other media exposure to drive people to that that podcast. So it can make a big difference. Um, anyway, let's let's move on and. Um, talk about how to pick a genre topic for your show. So these are very much uh, linked things with picking a title. I think you have to kind of keep those two in sync with each other to some degree. But but I think as you think about um, picking a show name and then picking the topic, they don't really have to be 100% in sync with, with each other, but there's certainly some advantages. You know, if your show name is broad enough, it can include many topics, just like what we were talking about with, with Serial. You can, you can have a, a broad topic name uh, and bring in a bunch of different content, but then you can, you can also, which I, I think that there's a lot of success driven based on being very niche-specific in your keywords and your, your title and driving niche audiences. And I think that's an important distinction here. That's the spectrum of what you need to consider, you know, using keywords as an important discovery methodology. Podcasts are typically strongest when they focus on a genre. And so as you think about genres, there's all sorts of different levels of, of genre. Alex, what do you think about these genre versus broad topics? Kind well, of, I think of. it's kind of like magazines. There's you can really drill down to like any kind of particular proclivity that you have. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to just be about gardening. It can be about you know gardening with bonsai trees exclusively and things like that. Yeah. So that's kind of how podcasts, I think, differ from um, maybe even just you know tr- traditional terrestrial radio, where it's a kind of a wider audience. You're casting a wider net, I guess. Where podcasts yeah. can be really uh, whittled down and you can kind of geek out, you know, like a podcast just about the twilight zone or star Trek or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, just like what, what you were saying, there, there is a spectrum, you know, sports is a good example. Uh, podcasts about football can cover NFL or college, but then there's like fantasy football, which drills down into a very specific kind of listener base. And then there's NFL versus college, which also drills it down a little bit more niche because there there are fans that enjoy college football more than they they enjoy pro football. Um, so and then then you drill it down even further than that uh, to just talk about the NFL or let's say a specific team. You can also get down to that level. But the problem with drilling down too far is that you start losing numbers of potential listeners because there's probably a limited number of people that have an interest in listening to a Seahawks podcast. Right. Especially because that's such a seasonal sport, right? There's only a certain time of the year that people are really all spun up about football. That's a whole other discussion about picking a topic that doesn't have a season to it, which is probably helpful as well. (laughs) General chat shows typically don't do as well because they're not topic-focused are a little more difficult to map and search. It's always best to have a genre that you, as a host, have deep knowledge about um, and have extensive human connections as that is the source of the content. I mean, a lot of podcasters will start out doing a show and they'll basically run out of things to talk about because they've basically got 10 episodes in and there's, there's nothing 
more they can say. Alex, I've heard you say that you've kind of seen shows that have kind of like fizzled out because they, how many times could you talk about something over and over again, right? Yeah. And I mean, I, sometimes it's just built into the show. If somebody's going to do like, a, let's say a show on a series, a television series, you know, uh, that's only going to have a limited time, especially if it gets canceled, <laughs> you know, you yeah. can only rehash that. And I mentioned twilight zone, a show about twilight zone. There's actually a few podcasts about that and there's plenty of material there. You know, you can, there's tons of it. You could do the, the old series, there's remakes. You could talk about the movies, but eventually, you know, you run out of topics. <laughs> so yeah. And it's called pod fading, right? At that point, yeah. pe- people yeah. just stop stop producing them. So you need to find this balance between something that you really have deep knowledge and have extensive human connections with uh, as a source of content. And But it's also really important for you to have kind of like that X factor too, which is hard to, to quantify. Um, being able to have that confidence and knowledge to be able to be comfortable enough to do a show that socially connects with human beings. Are you a natural people person that's going to connect with an audience? Can you communicate in that way and and be authentic and be upbeat and entertaining and have a fun personality? But not every show has that. And there are shows that uh, the host isn't entertaining and doesn't have a fun personality, but they, they just share a lot of valuable content. Yeah, I think there has to be a rapport too. So if you're going to have a co-host, make sure that some of that you can actually uh, – you know, get along with over the long haul, even if you do have disagreements and, and uh, ideas and shows, you know, because that happens, you know, scheduling issues too. And some friction there can be good too, as long as it doesn't doesn't detract from the the value to the listener. And that's always a, a interesting line to actually walk. But, uh, well, Alex, it was great to do the show with you again this week. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, and absolutely. Come in here and... Um, talk about some important um, topics for all these show producers out there that are trying to create great shows. So I hope we, we were helpful. And if you have any further thoughts on any of this stuff that you would want to, to share, please post a comment uh, at, at Spreaker in our app uh, or in iTunes or whatever, and, and we'll comment about it on the next episode. And my email address is rob at Spreaker.com, and I have a Twitter account too, um, at Rob Greenlee, and Alex can be reached as well at his email address, alex at alexxm.com. You got it. Exactly. And so come back and listen to next week's episode. We're um, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, right here on the Spreaker Live show. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.